Hello and welcome to an interview with podcast series from the social investment business. I'm Nick and today I'm talking to Cliff Pryor, Chief Executive of Unlimited, the Foundation for Social Entrepreneurs. Hello. Hi Cliff. Can you start by briefly telling us more about Unlimited and what the organisation aims to achieve? Sure. Well, as you say, we're the Foundation for Social Entrepreneurs. Our job is to reach out and unleash the talents of people who can transform the world in which they live. It's a very broad definition of social entrepreneurs. So we're looking for people who've got a, uh, a passion to solve a social problem. They're they've got a solution that will do that. And they've got the personal characteristics to make things happen and make that change happen. So our job, find them, support them, uh, support them with cash and develop support and the connections that they'll need to succeed and help them to fulfil their potential. Great. Um, and you know, the times are tough for social entrepreneurs at the moment, and especially ones that are just starting out. How do you think they can survive and grow in this climate? Well, actually, do you know, a recession is, is the best of times as well as the worst of times for, to start a new venture. And it's the best of times for some pretty brutal reasons, which is that a lot of the competition has been knocked out. And that is the reality of it. It's true for business ventures, it's equally true for social ventures. So we're seeing in surveys, uh, ours and uh, social enterprise coalitions at the moment, that people are doing better. The social enterprise sector is doing better through the recession than pre-recession, uh, which tells quite a lot. But yeah, it is always tough to start a new venture. And our message wouldn't be any different now to, uh, to usual, which is focus, focus ruthlessly on your venture. Don't get distracted. Um, you may have a big vision, but make sure that you've got small steps that start towards it. Be very, very focused on your customers and what they want and how you're going to reach them. Build a team. Don't try and do it all on your own. Look after yourself, because if you keel over, nobody else is going to be doing it. And as ever, cash is king. Don't burn money until you absolutely have to. Unlimited World, which is the social network for social entrepreneurs that Unlimited started and acquired by The Guardian, uh, which is great. What was the strategic thinking behind that deal and what does it mean for Unlimited's future in the online world? In Unlimited's ownership, Unlimited World, which is a distinct company, had got to probably as far as we could get it, uh, 14,000 members, um, quite a number of white label sites. Uh, but the next step really needed connection with a mass audience interested in social entrepreneurs and what they do. The Guardian, as a newspaper, is read by public sector commissioners uh, who might be buying services. Uh, Guardian readers and the people who go online for The Guardian are more socially oriented. So it gives it that, that audience and that's um, continuing as partners with it um, and still referring our award winners to it and we'll uh, be working closely with Unlimited World in the new ownership. In the past, you've worked in the health and social care sector. What do you make of the current debate around any willing provider? Um, what do you think the future holds for social enterprises working in the health and social care mm -hmm. sector? Well, that's a tricky one. I think that's that any willing provider is being changed at any qualified provider. Um, although the thought that you would ever have a provider of healthcare who wasn't qualified is, is a bit surprising in the first place. So I'm not sure how much difference that really makes. The health and social care sector has been had a higher measure of social social ventures in it for a very long time. About a third of mental health care is civil society led. Over two thirds of learning disabilities care, a sizable chunk of older people's care. So it's tended to be the longer term care groups and health promotion. And what's different now, I guess, is that there is more opportunity to go into the more core clinical healthcare areas. That then does become a challenge. And I understand 
the reluctance that some people have to break up the core of, of healthcare because of the way the system is interdependent and cannot work on a, on a purely competitive basis. So for example, you know, if I went to go for a hip operation, it is not safe for that hospital to operate on me unless they have an intensive care unit because if the operation goes wrong, you need to be shifted very, very quickly. So if you just start separating out the different bits of the core uh, healthcare service, you can you know, cause serious problems for, for patient safety. Likewise, um, as medicine gets more and more complex and technical, the evidence on areas like cancer treatment and heart disease is that if you go straight to a regional centre of excellence, you will do much better. You don't want somebody competing in every town to be an expert on breast cancer because it's not realistic. You know, you, you need to focus on critical mass of very high level technical skill. So I think this is a question of balance. There are certainly more areas that could be delivered by social ventures, but uh, it cannot be a purely competitive market. It has to hang together as a system. And people who work in healthcare really just know this. There's a lot of debate about civil society organisations delivering public sector services more widely. What do you think needs to happen for these organisations to start winning more contracts? Yeah, well of course they are winning quite a few contracts at the moment. And if you look globally, then the UK is disproportionately skewed to public service contracting. Social enterprise in most of the world is much more about business to consumer and business to business. The UK is quite unusual in it being a, a mainly public service focused area. So I think there's some really interesting opportunities for social entrepreneurs completely outside of public services. However, if you're within public services, I think you've got to th consider supply chain and where you are in the supply chain, where you are in the value chain. Uh, commercial businesses don't succeed by trying to be everything to everyone. They think, okay, I do this bit of the value chain. This is what I'm really good at. I can be absolutely excellent at it, so everybody wants my work. Where are you in that value chain? Don't go solo. Obviously, the, the usual things about price and uh, your quality systems and you've got to these days with payment by results becoming ever more common think about your balance sheet strength and whether you have the cash flow both to survive until you get paid but also to demonstrate that you can survive because you've got to prove to the commissioner. I think on the commissioner side there are some big problems in the way public sector commissioning is done in the UK. Uh, we see the fastest growth in social ventures being in areas which are not commissioned where there's a tariff price. So, for example, in recycling, where there's a landfill tax, a set landfill tax per tonne, wherever there's a tariff price, you see rapid growth. Wherever there's commissioning, you see sluggish growth. That's got to tell us something about the state of commissioning in the UK. Where do you see the social investment market moving over the next few years? I see it moving very rapidly. Uh, my guess is that it will go into niche areas. There are already some very big that become part of institutional finance sectors of social enterprise investment. Housing associations, social housing is an asset class of its own, has been for the best part of 20 years. And I think that the biggest expansions will be when people spot the next distinct area which can be sort of captured in, in that sort of way with defined risk and return characteristics because that's what the big money likes, is that sort of clarity. The problem is going to be deal flow, and it always is deal flow, that uh, when it comes to it, there still aren't enough scalable, investable candidates for the social investment money that, that is out there. We're trying to do our bit on that with things like the Big Venture Challenge, which both gets the strongest possible pipeline of ventures for people to invest in, but also does match fund challenges to tempt investors into earlier stage, into the angel investment stage, so that there is more of a you know, an unbroken pipeline from startup through 
initial scaling up to the sort of venture capital level that most of the investors want. Unlimited has built up an international presence, Unlimited India, um, for example, and it's been working with other social enterprise support agencies abroad. What do you think is the next big thing for global social entrepreneurship? Yeah, interestingly, that our global presence, as you described, which feels very grand, I'm not <laughs> sure that I thought of it that way, but uh, is built up by local entrepreneurs um, wanting to uh, uh, take and adapt the model for their country. So it's 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 not an empire. I always think that we've done that in the past and sort of moved on from it. So uh, it is quite viral, and it um, and it uh, the great thing for us of that is that everybody adapts it to their own cultural circumstances, and then we learn back. And that global learning, I think, is is really important. Social ventures in India or in China or in uh, America or Africa look very different to the UK, and we really could learn. A great deal from that. I think one of the big things that's missing is social venturing as international trade. So at the moment we've got fair trade and a little bit of other stuff, a tiny tiny amount of traded goods. I think there's huge potential for social ventures in Africa uh, to be making and selling goods for developed countries and that would probably do a hell of a lot of good for uh, people living in those countries probably better than aid. Great, well that's the end of our long okay. formal questions. Um, we've come to our quick fire question round. This is the scary bit. <laughs> I'm going to just ask you a series of questions and you just say your preference. Okay. Um, so, apple or orange? Orange. Individual or group? Group. Young or old? Neither. Pub or cafe? Pub or cafe? Cafe. Uh, funding or business support? Business support. And Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Right, and that concludes our interview with Cliff Pryor. Thank you very much for speaking to us today. Thank you very much indeed. Great opportunity. And don't forget to check our website www.thesocialinvestmentbusiness.org forward slash an interview with and our Twitter at The Social Invest for the next instalment of this series. And you can find out more about Unlimited at www unltd.org.uk or follow them on Twitter at UNLTD.